it was all said and done, you had gone too far. Maybe like the prodigal son, it was at that very moment that you came to yourself. I'm sure, just like the prodigal son, you had no idea how you even got in the pig pen or so far away from home. Maybe like David, you had to be confronted in order to come to the realization that it was you. You were the man. And now you are at a place of repentance, crying out to God in need of his mercy and God's forgiveness. If this is you today, you are not alone. We all have been there. And as long as we live in these earth suits, we will be there again. I am Elder Shanina Walker. And today on Let's Wrap, we will be concluding our five-part series, Change Me, O God, The Life of David. Part five, Creating Me a Clean Heart. Our key scripture for this entire series is coming from Psalms, the 51st chapter, beginning at the first verse. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Let's go to the 10th verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Let's wrap. Now last week when we left off on part four, It's Me, O God, David was coming to the realization that it was only him that had sinned against God. We concluded where Saul was giving David the consequences for his sin. Second Samuel 12 and 7, the Bible says, And this is what the Lord God of Israel said unto David, I appointed you king of Israel, and I saved you from Saul. I gave you his kingdom and his wives. I made you king of Israel and Judah. And if it had not been enough, I would have given you even more. So why did you ignore the Lord's commandment? Why did you do what he said is wrong? You killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword of Amorites and took his wife to be your wife. Now, as we begin to look at 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter and the 10th verse, the Lord allows us to see the consequences of David's sin. The 10th verse reads, Now, there will always be people in your family who will die by the sword because you did not respect me and you took the wife of Uriah the Hittite for yourself. This is what the Lord says. I am bringing trouble to you from your own family while you watch. I will take your wives from you and give them to someone who is very close to you. He will have sexual relations with your wife and everyone will know it. You had sexual relationship with Bathsheba in secret, but I will do this so that all the people of Israel can see it. Then David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I believe that it was right here that David began to come to himself like the prodigal son in the pig pen. Nathan answered, the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. But what you did caused the Lord's enemies to lose all respect for him. For this reason, the son who was born to you will die. It is here once again that God allows us to see his grace and his mercy at play. How do I know that? Because according to David, the punishment that he would have given the person that committed the sin would have been worthy of death. But God did not allow David to die. 
God penalty for David's sin was that the son that him and Bathsheba had bored would indeed die. It was right here that David came to himself. And in Psalms 51, we see David crying out to God. He knew he could no longer continue to live the way he had in the past. He was fully aware it was him and it will only be God who could change him from the inside out. He cried out to God in verse one of the Psalms 51, have mercy on me. Mercy meaning compassion and forgiveness. What exactly was David saying here? Simply put, he's saying, it's me, oh God. David knew at this moment it was him. I believe David came to the realization and he had a clear understanding that he could not afford to go to God playing the blame game. You know how we often do. Okay, maybe not you, but I can talk about myself. I know for years I blamed everyone for my issues and my disappointments. If anything negative happened to me, it was always someone else who caused me to act that way or someone else who provoked me to do what I did. You know what I mean. If they had not done that to me, then I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that to them. I constantly found myself giving my power over to other people. What do I mean by giving my power to other people? The mere fact that I would allow a person's actions to cause me to react in a negative way is what I mean. And unfortunately, I found out the hard way that most of the time my reaction did not hurt them as much as it hurt me. If you are listening to me today, I want you to know you can no longer allow people to control your actions or control your reaction. I have learned over the years, I cannot control the actions of others, but what I can do is control how I react to their actions. What I can control is who and what I allow in my presence. What am I saying? If you know a thing, a person, or going to a certain place, might take you out of your character. Don't set yourself up for failure. Know your strengths and your weaknesses. Simply put, guard your heart and make no apologies for it. David had to find out the hard way. His sin had nothing to do with how fine Bathsheba was. It had nothing to do with her husband Uriah. His sin had nothing to do with how bad his childhood was or was not. His sin had nothing to do with how he was looked over, talked about, he now knew it was because of his own pride and the lust that was in his heart. He was ready for change. David cried out to God in Psalms 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. In other words, according to your consideration, according to your unfailing love, according to the great compassion, have compassion on me, O God, the multitudes of your tender mercy. David went on to say, blot out. God, I need you to blot out. I need you to remove. I need you to erase my transgressions. Blot them out. Remove them. Erase my sins. In other words, all the acts that I have committed against you, oh God, I need you to erase them, Father. Somebody listen to me today is just like David, crying out to God. God, erase the pride that I've been carrying from a child. God, erase the unforgiveness that I'm carrying in my heart. God, I need you to erase the hurt. Help me to release the pain of my past. Help me, oh God, to erase the lust, erase the adultery, erase the murder tendencies I've, that I have in my heart. Erase the murder that I may have even committed. I'm aware that not many of us have been literally guilty of killing anyone, but we can't get indignant and think because we have not physically murdered someone. 
that we are somehow better or somehow have escaped. On the contrary, sin is sin. What about the many people that have injured others with their mouth? Yes, with your tongue. The Bible tells us Proverbs 18 and 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. How many of you listen to me right now have cursed others with your tongue? How many have spoken negative words that have set the course of nature on fire over your own life, over the life of others? Our words are powerful. James 3 tells us that our tongues are unruly, evil, and full of poison. We have to be so careful about not only what we say, but how we say it. David knew he could not go to God with a rehearsed prayer, but David prayed from the depths and the sincerity of his heart, asking God in the second verse, wash away my iniquity. In other words, don't just wash me, Lord, to make me clean, but wash away, take away all of my iniquity, not just some of it, but all of it, remove them all together. He said, cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me, in other words, from my immoral act. Cleanse me from the things that I've been doing that are not pleasing in your sight. Psalms 51 and 3, David goes on to say, for I know. In other words, I acknowledge my transgression. David said, God, I know what I've done. I know my wrongdoing. I acknowledge the acts I've committed against you. I acknowledge my sin, my immoral acts, oh God is always before me. I realize, God, that this thing is going to be continually before me. God already knows. He already sees it in front of us. We might as well acknowledge and admit that it's in front of us. But David went on to say, I will never forget what I've done. I see this thing before me constantly. When I close my eyes, I see my wrongdoing. When I wake up, I see my wrongdoing. It's always on my mind all throughout the day. What I've done is so bad, oh God, that I will never forget it. Have you ever done something that's so bad that you can't get it out of your mind? No matter where you go, it's constantly before you. This is what David was saying. He said, for I know, in other words, he said, I know it's always before me. It's constantly in front of me. I'm constantly thinking about it. In the fourth verse, David goes on to say, he said, it's before me against you, O Lord. He acknowledged, God, it wasn't against my brother. It wasn't against my mother. It's not against my husband. It's not against my friend. I didn't just do my friend wrong. He said, against you and you only have I sinned. I didn't just sin against Uriah. I didn't just sin against the entire nation of Israel. He said, but I've sinned against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil. This is evil I done in your sight. In other words, I've done this wrong. I've done this immoral thing, this disobedient thing in your sight, oh God. So you are right. He said, you are justified in your verdict. Whatever punishment, ha, whatever punishment you give me, oh God, you are just. I deserve it. Your verdict is just. Judgment, your judgment against me is justified. In other words, you're right when you judge. So whatever you your punishment is for my life, I'm willing to take it. How many of us are willing to go to God, transparent, open like David, and admit to God, I know it's me. I know I'm the one who done this evil in your sight, God. And whatever your punishment is for me, I'm willing to take it. 
How many of us willing to go to God transparent like David? And uh, most of the time what we do is we go to God and we try to hide. We go to God and we try to cover like he don't already see what we done done. But we might as well be transparent before God because everything is open and before him. He knows God is mighty. We know God is a great God. There is nothing hid from his sight. He said, if I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the bottom of the earth, you are there. No matter where we go, God sees us. He's already there. So David understood that there's nowhere I can go. Ah, there's nowhere I can go from his presence. There's nowhere I can go that he don't see me. There's no sin that I commit that that's not open before him that he don't already see. So the thing we have to do is go to God with a contrite heart. Go to God with a broken spirit. Go to God with a heart of repentance and cry out to God. In the 10th verse, David cried out to God. David began to say, create. In other words, creator God, I need you, oh God, to give me a whole new heart. He said, create in me a pure heart. Create in me a clean heart. I don't think you understand what I'm trying to say today. David said, create in me. He said, I can't go to anyone else but you. You are the creator God. You are the one who created me. You're the one who made this body, oh God. You're the one who fashioned this heart, God. So I need you to go back in, oh God, and create in me a clean heart. He said, the one that's in me right now is tainted. It's tainted by my past hurts. It's tainted by my past disappointments. It's tainted by my past failures. It's tainted by my past memories. In other words, take this one out, oh God. Take out this one that's in me, this heart of stone that I've let to get stony. Because how many know over the years, uh, situations and circumstances in our lives that occur can cause our heart to turn to stone. But God said he wished that we would have a heart of flesh. So David began to say, God, take this one out. He said, I need you to take out this one that I have. And like you created the foundation of the world, oh God, I need you to create in me now a clean heart. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, I need you to change me from the inside out. He said, and renew. He said, not only just change me, oh God, not just creating me a clean heart, but please renew in me. He said, return. Renew means to return. Renew means to resume me to full activity status like I was before the interruption or before the desires of my flesh took over. He said, renewing me, resuming me. He said, give me full activity. Some of us need to go back. To, Some of us need to go back to God and ask God to resume in us full activity from where we were when we first started. Return us to the joy of our salvation. Return us, oh God, resuming us full activity, like we were before we were interrupted, like we were before our husband walked off and left us, like we was before the adultery, like we were before the molestation, like we were before the death, like we were before we lost our job, like we were before our friends betrayed us. He said, return unto me, resume me full activity before the desires of my flesh took over. Hmm. Whoo. I don't know if you feel this thing today. I feel this thing. He said, return unto me. 
Lord, renew in me a right spirit. A lot of times we ask God to create in us a clean heart, but we forget about our spirits are still jacked up. So we not only need God to create in us a clean heart, but we need God to renew a right spirit in us. Many times we so busy asking for that clean heart, we forget about our spirit man. We forget that we also need him to renew in us a right spirit. What spirit? We need us to renew in us his spirit because somehow we don't allow our spirit with the little s or we don't allow other spirits to infiltrate the spirit that, that was in us. We allow it to, you know, the Holy Spirit is not going to dwell in an unclean temple. So if we continue to do the things of the world, we continue to take on more and more sin in our life. The Holy Spirit is not going to dwell in us. And now we're, we have another spirit that's taken over. So David began to say, God, I need you to remove the spirit of pride. I need you to remove these spirits of murder, the spirit of lying, the spirit of adultery. He said, I need you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Renew your spirit. The version says that David said, God created me a steadfast spirit. God know that we need to be steadfast. Many of us, we're failing and we're losing the battle because we're not steadfast. Steadfast means and loyal, committed, reliable, faithful, unwavering. He said, create in me, oh God, a loyal spirit. He said, at one time, I could imagine David in my mind saying, at one time I was loyal. At one time I kept your, uh, your commandments. At one time I walked in your precepts, oh God. But somewhere along the way, God, I lost that steadfast spirit. I lost that spirit of loyalty towards you. I lost that spirit of commitment towards you. Some of us just need to go back and commit ourselves again to the Lord. Coming in 2019, we need to make a brand new commitment unto the Lord. Commit in me, oh God. Give me a steadfast spirit that I'll be reliable, oh God. That, that you can depend on me, oh God. If you put these gifts in me, that you can depend on me to be reliable, that you can put, depend on me to be loyal, that you can depend on me to be committed to the gifts that you have put inside me. He said, a steadfast spirit, help me to be faithful to that which you have given me, oh God. Help me to be unwavering. He said, I need that kind of spirit within me. When I begin to look at the 11th verse, David began to say, do not cast me away. Do not throw me away forcefully. In other words, we know we cast something. That means to throw. David said, don't cast me away, oh God. Don't throw me away forcefully from your presence. I can live without a whole lot of things, oh God. I can live without my husband. I can live without a job. I can live without money. I can live uh, without this house, oh God. But I can't live without your presence, oh God. I need your presence. He said, I can survive without many things, oh God. But one thing I cannot survive without is you. We have to take that stance. We have to understand that we can survive without a lot of things. But one thing we cannot survive with, without is the presence of the Lord. He said, please do not take your presence away from me. Do not remove your Holy Spirit from me. In other words, what David was saying is I won't be able to make it if you draw your spirit from me. I need your Holy Spirit. The 12th verse goes on to say, restore. In other words, reinstate. Bring back, oh God, return, repair. He said to its former condition, oh God. He said, restore unto me. Some of us have lost our joy. He said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Not the joy of my salvation, oh God, because my joy wavers. My joy is back and forth. He said, but I need you to restore unto me the joy of your salvation. 
Re reinstate your joy, God. Bring back your joy to my life. Repair to its former condition. The joy that I had when I first got saved, oh God. The joy that I had when I first knew you, oh God. He said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Joy is feeling of great pleasure. We know what it's like to have great pleasure. We know we first got saved. You couldn't sit us down. We had so much pleasure in the Lord and the things of the Lord. Just like when you get in a relationship for the first time, you can't stay away from that person. You get so much pleasure from that person. What David is saying here, God, restore that back to me. Give me back the joy. Give me back the pleasure of your salvation. In other words, the pleasure of you delivering me from all harm. We know that salvation is delivering from ruin or loss. It is salvation is delivering from sin and its consequences of sin. So David was saying, give me the pleasure of your salvation, of you delivering me from sin and the consequences of my sin. And we saw how the Lord gave David uh, joy, how the Lord did not... Uh, treat David according to his sin. He didn't get what he deserved. He deserved death. That's what he was giving out was death, but God didn't give that to him. David, God forgave him of his sin and he didn't allow David to die. So David came back in the 12th verse and he said, and grant me, in other words, uphold me, give me access to a willing spirit. In other words, God, I need you to hold me. I need you to uphold me. I need you to give me access to a ready, eager prepared way of doing things in the spirit. God, I need you to help me to be prepared and ready to do whatever your spirit is in requiring of me to do. David went on to say, Lord, make me ready. Make me prepared in my spirit, man, so that I might be ready to lay down every weight and sin that do so easily beset me, oh God. Prepare me so that I might be able to present my body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Some of us just need to go to God and tell God to grant us, to uphold us, and give us access to a willing spirit. We just need to be willing. The Bible says when Jesus was in the garden, he said, my spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. A lot of us, our flesh causes us to be weak, even though our spirit is willing. So we need to be able to have access to that willing spirit that's already in the inside of us to be able to do the things of God and do less things of the world. We don't need to be conformed to this world, but we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need God to grant us that willing spirit that's able to sustain us. David said, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. In other words, to keep me from returning back to my foolishness. The Bible tells us to keep us from returning back to our vomit like a dog. Sometimes we'll go back. You don't want to be like a dog going back to your vomit, going back to the things that we've been delivered from. God delivered us from drugs. Now you going back to drugs. God delivered you from homonger. Now you find yourself going back to homonger. God delivered you from being an alcoholic, but now you going back to alcohol. God delivered you from heroin and, and marijuana, but now you going back to it like a dog to its vomit. David said, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I can't contain myself. I can't keep myself, God. If you don't keep me, I won't be kept. And I'm here to tell you God is a keeper and he will keep you if you want to be kept. And not even if you want to be kept, because there were times when I was out trying to get into mischief, but God would keep me even when I didn't want to be kept. So God is a keeper. There were times in my life where I was out trying to find something to get into, but God wouldn't allow it. He was keeping me for such a time as this. I could only just imagine David with that broken heart 
And with the contrite spirit saying, change me, oh God. He said, I'm tired of the way I am. I need you to create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me so that I can worship you again like I used to, God. I need you to break off these chains that are holding me. If anybody know David, David had a heart of repentance. David was a man after God's own heart, not because he never sinned, but because he had a heart of repentance because he had a spirit of worship. He knew how to go to God and worship God. He knew how to cry out to God in the time of trouble. If you're familiar with and you read any of the book of Psalms, you'll see that David spent a lot of time worshiping and praising God, but he also spent a lot of time confessing, asking for forgiveness, praying for relief, pleading to God for help, praying for trust, praying for deliverance, praying for restoration. David confessed his sins and God forgave him, but he paid a heavy price. There's a price to pay for sin. There are consequences for our sin. We know that in the Bible, we saw the consequences of David's sin, where David failed to discipline his son, Amon, and, and Amon uh, sinned and raped, uh, committed incest against his sister, Tamar. We know that uh, Absalom murdered um, his brother, Amon, for raping his sister. And then Absalom, David, um, David's son, led a rebellion and attempted to usurp the throne and take away his kingdom. But just like the Lord had promised, as the consequences of his sin of sleeping with Bathsheba in secret, um, he took David wives and he gave them to that one that was closest to him and his own son, Absalom, Absalom slept with his concubines uh, the, in the sight of all of Israel. We know later David, uh, beloved son Absalom was murdered and David's throne was restored, but it was a bit of victory uh, for he was a heartbroken father. And as I stated earlier, David was a man after God's own heart, but not because he had never sinned. He was a man after God's own heart because David understood what it meant. David understood the true meaning of repentance and forgiveness from God. He understood that God and God alone possessed the power or held the power to change him and to create in him a clean heart and renew a right spirit within him. And I want you to know today that it is only God that holds the power to creating you a clean heart and to renew a right spirit within you. So I want you to go with me today to the throne of grace so that we might obtain mercy from God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, God, in the most ominous way as we know how. We come to you open and transparent, asking that you would have mercy on us, O oh God. God, that you would create in us a clean heart, renew a right spirit, a steadfast spirit, restoring to us the joy of your salvation. Everything that we have allowed the enemy to come in and take from us, O oh God, to hold hostage, O oh God, we pray today that you will break every chain, that you will release us, O oh God, that you will break the bands of the wicked, undo the heavy burden, bless us, the oppressed, that go free today. Destroy every yoke today in the name of Jesus. God, come into our hearts, creating us a clean heart, renew a right spirit. Oh God, help us, God. In the name of Jesus, we need you, God. Forgive us of our sin, oh God. We acknowledge that we have sinned against you and you alone have we done this in your sight, oh Father. We need you today, Father. We love you like never before. God, we just thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for him dying on the cross that we might have the right to the tree of life and we accept him in our life today as our personal savior. It is in your son, Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to know today that if you repeated that sinner's prayer with me, you are saved. 
God has forgiven you of your sin. He has come into your life to make you whole. There is nothing too hard for God. You are a new creation. He has chosen you for change. It is my prayer that this five-part series, Change Me, O God, The Life of David, has done just that, changed your life for the better. I do pray that you would continue to support this podcast, Yasha Ministry, Young and Sharing His Anointing. On our Let's Wrap program, we do appreciate you listening, commenting, liking, sharing. If you have not yet went to our Facebook page to become a part of our Facebook family, we do encourage you to do so. Also, for those of you who may not be aware, we do have a group page, which is Let's Wrap Relationship with the walkers. So that is let's wrap relationship on Facebook. We do come on live and we talk about relationship, many different topics and subjects. We do want you to be a part of that as well. So please look for that group page. Let's wrap relationships. Join us on Facebook at Yasha ministry Walker. That's Y A S H ministry Walker W A L K E R. There are times that we do give away gifts to all of our supporters and our supporters giveaway. So please go on Facebook and become a part of our Facebook family and be able to participate in those wonderful gifts that we are giving away. We just want to encourage you to please share, share, share the podcast as we continue to go around the globe sharing the gospel. Also, once again, I want to mention that there is a space here on the podcast to become a patron. If you'd like to support this in a financial way, any gift, great or small, will be greatly appreciated. You can become a patron any amount that you so choose. We want to thank you once again for listening, liking, commenting, and sharing. Just know that Elder Walker, as well as myself, love you, but God loves you more. Tune in next time on Less Rep. Have a blessed day.